Hey everybody, welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Jackson here, and I'm with Hutch. Greetings. And we are in the Hannah C. Howard Recording Studio. Yes, indeed. Back and live and ready to dive into some scintillating conversation yeah i don't know what scintillating means but we can have that kind of conversation as long as it's appropriate i'm pretty sure (laughs) so but always good always fun jackson it is and every time i say hannah c howard recording studio it just you know kind of boggles my mind that your wife is go- is a published author, and her book yes. is coming out soon, right? It is. August 18th. Woo! Coming to a Barnes & Noble or an Amazon app near you. Yeah. So, so I'm talking about... Yeah. You can actually... I saw this weekend, you can go on her Etsy page and get a swag bag. Yes, you can. Yeah, that's Including, pretty cool. Including uh, a mug, a themed mm. mug, a light-themed mug, and uh, the book, and some, some pretty cool swag. Yeah, I saw that. And can you buy those separately, or are they you can like, get together? Uh, you can get it without the book. Okay, so yeah, because I ordered swag bag. If you've already ordered the mug, um, and she can give you a little nameplate with her author signature that uh, you put in your book. If you oh, want, so. cool! I might do that. Yeah, because I already got my. I know. my Thank well, you I don't that. have my book, but I pre-ordered it. Yes. Um, but yeah, very exciting, and she'll be here with us in uh, just a couple week weeks. Two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Talking a little bit about the book and stories and her passion for writing. So is she feeling more famous or nervous or I don't know that she's excited. feeling more famous, but I think she's getting excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anytime you get closer to a deadline, there's a lot to do. And so there's nervousness along with that excitement. Mm-hmm. But it's becoming more and more real. And she'll be getting some hard copies of the books here in a couple of weeks, Woo. which is pretty. That's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. So Does she receive like the number one printed volume off of the line i don't know i I wish i I don't know maybe that goes to her editor probably like she gets like copy number three or four probably probably yeah yeah Yeah. probably it's probably somewhere in with uh with blink or with her yeah agent or something like that so yeah anyway enough about your wife that's right that's That's not what we're talking about this week (laughs) shout out hannah i love you um oh that's so sweet thanks so freedom freedom that's right it's all for nothing says william wallace if you don't have freedom agreed agreed yeah and sort of what we came to at the end of last week is that as christians as those who are in christ we have sort of a unique relationship with freedom we have been given we've been brought into this freedom that is unique to a relationship with christ right yeah and kind of um we talked about last week too that freedom is not like ultimate freedom kind of that we think about that we can do whatever we want and that that is kind of that is a lie right because if we're not yoke we're always yoked to something right? Right, right so we're either yoked to christ and there's freedom in being yoked to christ or we're yoked to sin or materialism or and or we can be yoked to lots of things right simultaneously Which is, but we talked about this last week this all ties back to the very first 
episode about repentance and this this repentance is sort of choosing to to turn back from the things of the world and um, bondage slavery to sin and satan and self and turning back to the freedom that is offered in christ and like you said it's a freedom that still comes with 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 boundaries but like in so many areas of life the 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 best freedom the most freedom comes actually within sort of the bounds of of, of a system and marriage right the freedom mm-hmm. of of marriage comes in the in the decision and the covenant relationship of you and me husband and wife and we're sticking this out together right yeah like that produces so much freedom in that side that relationship obviously we talked about jazz last mm-hmm. week the freedom of improvisation and the freedom to create comes within the boundaries we might say of scales and what you know who you're playing with and what key you're playing in and and all of these things actually provide the found the, the the framework for living freely right but i think that that kind of begs the question of now as Christians, we have this unique relationship with freedom and we have this freedom in Christ. So now what? Right. What, do we, what do we do with that freedom? What does that freedom look like? I'm asking. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, one of the, one of the very good options is that freedom looks like a bag of potato chips, nice comfy couch. Yeah, it does. And a Netflix subscription, right? Woo! I'm free to... Wait it out until Jesus returns. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully anyone listening gets sarcasm. Um, so, But I, I think that we sometimes have that mindset, right? That I'm free in Christ. I have been set free from sin. And so all I have to do is just sort of wait and rest on my laurels. And when Christ comes and when Christ takes me away from this earth, then we're good. But I don't think that's the biblical understanding of freedom. I don't think that's what Christ or any of the New Testament authors are actually inviting us into with freedom. And I think that Galatians here, and uh, I probably talked about Galatians before, but if not, it is one of, if not the most important book ever written. And maybe we'll do an episode just on Galatians because it's worth it. But chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not submit once again to a yoke of slavery. And it's this turning point in the book of Galatians, and central to that is this idea of freedom and standing firm in the freedom that we have received in Christ. But then where he moves for the last two chapters of the book, I think is very, very telling. And... Where is that? Where exactly does he move? So, yeah, yeah I guess I don't need to ask anything other than that. No, where, do, where does he move? Well, initially he moves to exactly what you brought up earlier, this idea that we're not just sort of in this neutral ground, that we, we, we tend to submit ourselves to something, you know, and it could be the law, it could be self, it could be sin, or it could be Christ. And so the, that idea of we're free, so stand firm, Freedom is not something that's just going to stay, um, but we need to stand firm in it. And really what he moves us to is the greatest commandment. He, he moves us right back, and I think all of the New Testament writers point us back to Christ, and they point mm. us back to the message of Christ. And so for Paul, the freedom that we have received is the freedom to 
love God, and as we love God and realize that we are loved by God, then we are freed to live for one another. We are freed to love one another. And Paul says that the whole commandment, the whole law is summed up in this command, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's then he jumps off from that to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things are this uh, sort of an outpouring of freedom. I like it. So our freedom, kind of to answer the question of what, where do we go from here, it sounds like we've been given freedom to now enter into relationship. Right. Relationship right. with God, relationship with others. Um, and so essentially, our freedom's not necessarily for ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, that our freedom sure. is yeah. to, it, it is for us, yes. right? But it's also so that we can help bring the light of Christ or to help liberate others. Right, right. right. Which I think, and this, this gets back, and I think we talked about this last week a little bit, but when we think about freedom, we're thinking partly about why were we created and what was what's our purpose and, and how do we live into our purpose. And if we think all the way back to Genesis 1, God creates humanity in his image, creates them to you know rule over the earth, but also creates them for a relationship with one another and creates them for a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And the garden is this place of intimacy with one another and with God. They're, they're naked and not ashamed. And that's not just about, you know, physical relationships. That's about intimacy. It's about yeah. relationships and freedom to be in relationship with no shame, no guilt. And then what happens when sin enters the picture? They're, they're cast out of the presence of God. They cover themselves up. They're they're no longer free. They're not a, really able to freely love one another as they did before the fall. And so Christ gives us, in some sense, the freedom to be back in that state of love and intimacy and vulnerability with one another and with God. Yeah. And, with, and, and like you said, there's a service aspect to that as well. Yeah. So he allows us to have um, that sort of of freedom because because of the liberation that he's given us because of how he bought us with his blood right right so our right. value is set now my value right. is no longer right. dependent on other people right. right my value is 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 solidified right i am his and he is mine and there's nothing that anyone can do to take that away from me right yes. yeah uh, exactly and that's a kind of another refrain uh from paul is that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, right? right? Right. So now that my value is set, I can go out and love my brother and sister in Christ or those who don't know Christ in a, such a way that it doesn't really matter how they react to me, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I think that's that's so true because this is really getting into relationships, but you know, we all desire to be loved. I think we all desire to be known. We all desire to feel safe in relationships. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we like we have different ways of sort of asking for that and responding when we don't get that or when we do get that. But this part of the freedom that comes from Christ is exactly what you said. We we know who we are. Mm-hmm. Right? That that foundational question of identity. Who are we and whose are we? And we are beloved children of God who have been bought at great cost, brought into the family. We are his. He will hold us fast. And so we can go into the world and into controversy and into challenge, even into failure, 
knowing that that is constant, that that doesn't change. Yeah, and I think that what's important here, especially when we start to talk about relationships and when we start to talk about um, our relationship with God, but also our relationship with others, and we get into kind of failure and fear and all those things, we can break it down a little bit further into we have kind of two types of freedom. We kind of have a exterior freedom mm. and that allows us to go forth boldly. Right. Right. And then we also have an interior freedom. Mm. Yeah. So the things that we are feeling and experiencing that are not visible to the outside world, uh, we have a freedom there within our minds, in our hearts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's good. So say more, say more a little bit about that. Maybe we begin with that that exterior freedom. Talk. What, what are you, what are you meaning by that? Yeah, sure. I think um, these are helpful helpful terms. So when I'm talking about the exterior freedom, um, I'm talking about that we can enter into relationship with God, and we can enter into relationship with others. We can do that greatest commandment of mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We can do that without needing the reciprocation from our uh, neighbors, Mm. right? Yeah. So we can love them even if that love is not being reciprocated back towards us, or maybe we're being met with even, um, we're being met with adversity or some sort of actively antagonistic response yeah. we can still enter into the that relationship and follow that command because yeah. of whose we are and and who yeah. we are right yeah so the the idea of like pray for those who persecute you mm-hmm. love your enemy uh, sermon on the mount stuff right like what what jesus calls us to be peacemakers yeah not Don't natural evil for evil right not natural things within us right and yeah. that is impossible to do without the work of the Holy Spirit and without Jesus. Yeah. Because if, if how I respond to evil or how I respond to an enemy or how I respond in living sacrificially, that that's not going to happen because my, my instincts of self-preservation are going to take over. Right. Right. And so, but because I have the ultimate knowledge of of who I am and whose I am and that he's in control and nothing's right. going to happen apart from his will. Right. Now that allows me to maybe sacrifice some of my own self-preservation. Yeah. And do things that are very contrary to the way that other people would do things and it starts to be head scratchers. Yeah. You know. And I think that's I'm going to yeah, I think that's let's I'm going to pull a gym. Let's throttle back. All right. And and dig into that a little more. Uh I think the uh, you, you talked about God's sovereignty, and I think that's a that's a huge piece of the freedom puzzle for Christians. Mm-hmm. And I think about my mind immediately went to Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, this famous chapter, the great hall of faith, all of these men and women of the Old Testament who live by faith, who died by faith and the author says that they never received what was promised to them. And he, the author, he or she, we don't know, talks about some of them were sodden too. Some of them were eaten by lions. Like none of them really, you know, if, if when we think about freedom, 
you know, that's not, not necessarily the sort of picture that I think most of us have of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a free life. Yeah. I died being eaten by a lion. You know, but there's something about, about their relationship with God that allowed them to go into the world with this incredible boldness and faithfulness no matter what. We see that in the early church. We're walking through Acts on Sunday mornings. And again and again and again, the church faces adversity. They're being told, don't talk about Jesus. Their leaders are being killed. Stephen's stoned and James is beheaded. And they keep going. There's this freedom. Like, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to keep doing what I know to be right. I'm going to keep proclaiming this good news because it is that good. And I think that's relate i mean they know the sovereignty of god they know that no matter what happens to them god is still lord he will still be working he will still be working redemptively and i think that is incredibly freeing when we can go through our lives with that knowledge yeah and i have so i have a question for you sure does that i mean like is that like i know jesus i'm in a relationship with jesus now i'm free i know god is sovereign so woohoo no matter what happens, I feel I feel free in all situations. Is that, is that like an automatic gift of the spirit, boom thing in your experience? Is that is or how do we? Yeah. I don't always feel that. So how do no. we actually be? How do we kind of moved into that sort of freedom? Yeah, I I feel like in my life it's it's kind of like waves on a beach. Hmm. Is that there's moments where I really feel that more, and it kind of crashes and it's like. And then it seems like that kind of recedes a little bit, right? Yeah. And then it kind of comes in in another crash and another wave of knowledge. But I think that there are some things that we can do to hold fast to that truth Mm. while the the tide is receding or crashing in, right? Um, And that's where we get back to what we were were talking about a couple weeks ago in in habits. It's a learned thing. We live in such a now society that um, God's playing the long game here, or it seems really long to us. Yes. From his perspective, it's still just a a blink of an eye, right? Right. Um, Aslan, I call all time soon. Yeah. C.S. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. So he's playing the long game here. Um, and it, it's really hard for us, especially in a microwave society mm-hmm. to be able to understand that and to fully grasp that. And so that takes a lot of practice. We're r- literally rewiring our brain to not need it now. Yeah. Um, or I, I find this a lot in, um, middle school and high school students is they feel like something is wrong with their relationship with God because they don't have it all figured out yet. Yeah. And it's like, okay, look, (laughs) it takes time, right? Yeah. And there's a reason why people in their 90s still read the Bible. Right. And there's a reason why, why, you know, you don't just get to a certain age and you now know it all is because it's about relationship too. You can... Just think of any relationship that you have. You can always go deeper and know that person more, right? Right. Right. And so it's the same with with God. So when our relationship doesn't feel like the deepest relationship that we have, Mm -hmm. just because it's really like, I'm speaking about students right now. Yeah. Comparatively, they haven't had as long of a time to be with God as everyone else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that may be your case too, listener who, if you 
came to know Christ at a later age or something like that. And there's, there's not really comparing those relationships at all. Um, but I think when we get back into spiritual disciplines and spiritual Mm -hmm. habits, um, just even practicing spiritual disciplines is a submission to God's sovereignty. Yeah. That even though I don't want to do this right now, yeah, I'm trusting that you are going to work through this somehow to draw me closer, to equip me to do whatever task you have appointed me, that kind of, that kind of thing. It's, that is a, an act of recognizing God as sovereign in your life is just reading and praying and fasting and tithing even when you don't want to. Right, 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 right. Well, and then you get the opportunity to see what God will do. And as we look at the, at the scriptures, I, you know, a constant refrain is remember, like, or, you know, the Ten Commandments begins with, I am the Lord your God who did these things in yeah. the past, right? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a constant reminder of, I have done these things. Remember what I have done. And as we step out in faith, the more we step out in faith, the more opportunities we have to look back and say, yes, God acted and God mm-hmm. did something, and God came through, right? Yeah, he didn't uh, leave me in the lurch. He didn't leave me in the lurch. And I, I think it's, I mean, I, again, going back to in, in relationships, the more that we take a risk and step out and are honest or are vulnerable or share something that hurt us or ask for forgiveness, and then we've experienced, in a, in a positive relationship, we experience that forgiveness, we experience that love, we experience that that openness actually leads to a deeper bond, then it's easier to do it the next time, right? Right, It is. And so um, we create those habits. We create and solidify a relationship. We learn to hear his voice. Yeah, I, I have lots of conversations recently within the last two weeks mm. with uh, people about hearing God's voice and discernment. Yeah. And what we always come back around to is I ask the question, how much time do you spend in silence a day? So take your average mm. week, okay? How much time do you spend in silence? That's a great nothing. question. You know, nothing going on. Yeah. Okay? And usually the answer I get is somewhere in between zero and five minutes a day. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so I say, okay, step one for hearing God's voice is we're going to introduce silence into our day. Mm. Okay. At some point, and I'm not saying a ton of time, let's start with 10 minutes and then we'll work our way up to 15 and then we'll work our way up to 30. If you're really feeling the silence, then you can go to 45. Don't know that you need much more than 45 Yeah. or you can take it in maybe like two separate bouts. I, I, for me, it's, I'm like at 20 minutes, Mm. 20 to 30 minutes of silence. And that just is kind of saying about what you're saying about taking chances and taking risks exteriorly and seeing how God moves. Now this is kind of where we're talking about interior. Right now I'm creating space for God to move and Mm. not that he's not moving already, but it's at least space for me to be able to recognize this is God's voice. And now the more that we recognize God's voice and we can hear what he's saying, um, then the easier it is to hear him amongst all the noise too right yeah but we got to carve out that spot to be able to to come to know him more and and hear his voice yeah yeah absolutely so that's kind of why we make the distinguishing between interior and exterior because 
I think that we can see what God has done exteriorly, and we can have confidence that God is moving in and through me out in the world, mm. and yet not have that interiorly. Yeah. And I think the reverse is yeah. true, Yes, that we can experience that interiorly, but yet there's something we don't have confidence or we don't want to display that exteriorly. Yes. Right? Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. And I think two authors, and both I've talked about, I know, but uh, Henry Nowen does this article, again, that I would recommend on moving from solitude to community to ministry. And just that movement is that in solitude, in silence, just what you're talking about, is where we hear the voice of the one who calls us the beloved and the one who affirms our identity and talks about how Christ, how Christ at these key moments in his ministry is up on the mountain with God alone, hearing the voice of the one that calls him the beloved. And then he's able to go through, go to the cross and be ridicule and all of these things. Even, even the Philippian hymn in chapter two, very nature God and yet emptied himself. Not because he didn't know who he was and he was having an identity crisis and was like, well, I guess I'll go down to earth. But he knew who he was. He had yeah. this interior freedom that said, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what, you know, I'm going to go and redeem these people. And I think that that then frees us to be in community. And then I think Bonhoeffer is the other one who just talks about how all community, human community exists in and through Jesus Christ and through the cross, because when we recognize that we are sinners saved by grace, that's an interior freedom. And then we recognize others as sinners saved by grace, right? And so we recognize we all have faults, but we all have the gift of the salvation. And he's talking about Christian community in particular, but yeah, there's both an objective reality to what God's doing, but there's also a subjective reality to it. Yeah. There's it's, it's universal. It's personal. And we see this, I think again, like throughout scripture, we see that it's a both and right. Right. God is doing this big cosmic thing, but God's also interested in me and my heart and my life and my soul and my person in in laying out this i think this is important to say in laying out this conversation the idea was to like move from exterior to interior that's going to be really hard to do because of the both and right that we're talking about yeah exactly so they're interrelated they're interrelated so bear with us here it's not going to be quite as structured as both of us would like for it to be yeah or at least maybe how you would like for it to be i i (laughs) I don't like structure yeah i'm by the more uh more in a fan of structure of the two of us you know so, yeah but i'm learning i'm learning there's a time and a place for structure there's a there's a time and a place exactly yeah most times most places no, I'm, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning that no you know as you were talking about interior beginning to yeah help us think about interior freedom just one one an image came to mind of finding nemo Ooh. and the uh oh, what the, what's it called the australian current or whatever it is and uh oh yeah that thing that thing you know uh-huh. what i'm talking about like it's and the turtles and uh mr nemo <laughs> it's been a long time since marlin is his name Marlin. sorry it's been a long time since i've seen it you know but they get into this current that just sort of sweeps them along mm-hmm. and it's the direction that they want to go but they're you know within that current they can just hang out and talk and there's there's a freedom that comes and i think that you know there's something of that when when we're 
in step with the spirit, right? Yeah. When we're so keeping in step with the spirit, it's like being in that current that sort of pulls us along where we want to go. And so there's a freedom in that, but also um, it's moving us in, in like we could paddle as hard as we can. We're never going to move as fast as that current's going to Right. Move us. That's kind of what Jim, what Dr. Miller says with, we're in the jet stream. We're in the jet we're stream. Feeling, yeah. We're in the jet stream. Or, exactly. You know, this weekend we did a little bit of, uh, of tubing. Okay. You're in oh. the wake. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Things are smooth. You're getting right. pulled along and then you get outside that wake and things all of a sudden become bumpy. And that's when. Which is fun in tubing. Yeah. Not fun in life. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dan. Jackson, always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. And thank you again to Eric Baird for letting us use his music for the yeah. intros and the outros. Thanks for you guys. Uh, thanks for you guys. I do give thanks for you guys, but yeah. thanks for listening. I thank the Lord and all of my prayers for you. Yes, I do not. But <laughs> but thanks for listening. Um, uh, if you could, you know, take some time, subscribe comment like it just helps other people find us i know that you've already found us but if you want to be uh an agent to help uh get the word out um go ahead and do that and we'll talk at you next week later gator in a while